Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. All right, guys, here I am, Jennifer LeClaire, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer in South Florida, Senior Leader of the Ignite Prophetic Network. And I have some things on my heart today that I want to share in all humility and hopefully with the wisdom and the grace of God. See, there's a problem. There's an issue. I travel, as you know, all over the world and teach and train equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And in this past season, uh, the Lord told me specifically to focus on deliverance. Now, I'll never stop focusing on deliverance, but he told me to put all of my efforts as far as public teaching into this. So at Awakening House of Prayer, we did a whole series on you know issues from which we may need deliverance. You can find those on ahop.online, ahop.online. We did inner healing retreats. We did mass deliverance services. Uh, I met privately with people discussing their issues. We took it to London. We did it there. I've created a lot of uh, self-deliverance prayer videos. And, you know, then, of course, we're launching the School of Deliverance in just a few days. But here's the thing. I've been uh, casting out devils for about 20 years now. I'm a member of the International Society of Deliverance Ministers. And although we've come a long way, we need to do better. Most churches just seem to ignore the deliverance ministry of Christ. This troubles me. I believe with all my heart that if we would stop ignoring this vital, 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 vital ministry, and probably I'm singing to the choir here, I understand. But if we would stop ignoring this vital ministry, maybe, just maybe, we would not see so many people 
renouncing Christ? Is it possible? Is it possible that these superstar Christians, those with big names in the headlines who are renouncing Christ, is it possible that maybe there was some unresolved hurt, some unresolved wound, some sort of demon power that had infiltrated their thought process, built a stronghold and convinced them that Jesus is not real? Is it possible? Is it possible, beloved, that all of the high-profile leaders that we are seeing exposed in this hour, could it be that if we focused at least as much as Christ did on deliverance ministry, that we might have seen them break free instead of hurting so, so, so many people? Listen, my heart breaks for those who have turned their back on Christ. Believe me, it causes me great uh, pain in my heart and my spirit. I'm grieved over leaders who fall and it's been happening for a long long time this is not recent this has been happening year after year after year pastors committing suicide come on what is going on here I submit to you that the body of Christ needs to embrace the full gospel of Jesus, the full spectrum of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, we know that Jesus cast out devils everywhere he went. He was even up in the church casting out devils in the synagogue. He's just reading the Bible, just teaching the saints, just, you know, sharing his heart. And all of a sudden, dude on the front row begins to manifest. Jesus didn't bring him in a back room and, oh, this is embarrassing. This is not seeker friendly. What will he do? What will we know? He said, come out, come out, come out. And I say to all you pastors out there who don't believe in deliverance ministry, come out because that's the devil deceiving you. Come out of that deception. We need pastors, apostles, prophets, leaders, evangelists, other saints pressing in to this vital aspect of the ministry of Jesus Christ. Why do we leave that part out? So many of us, so many, why can't even include us in that? Can't say us because I'm not included in that. Why do so many churches? And so I've got a lot of reasons why, and I want you to chime in because I'm going to do a series on this and I'm going to keep hammering it and hammering it and hammering it until some of these pastors hear me. Listen, and I'm not mad at you. I'm not shaming you. I'm saying maybe, maybe, maybe there are legitimate reasons that you have been taught why that deliverance ministry is not important, that it should not be part of your Church, maybe you were taught wrong, or maybe you just haven't learned or haven't heard of this, okay? So there's no shame, there's no condemnation, but I am concerned. Does that make sense? I'm speaking to you as a mother. Many of you, I'm old enough to be your mother, even though I look like I'm in my 20s. Praise God, amen, hallelujah. Let's talk about, I'm gonna give you three today. I'm gonna give you three today. And I want you to comment, 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 and you chime in with reasons that you believe that churches and pastors and leaders do not focus on this vital, vital ministry. And I'm going to do some follow-ups. I'm going to do another one again on Saturday. I want to keep hitting this thing because I want to expose the enemy's lie. How many of you know that the enemy's greatest uh, feat is, 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 is getting you to look the other way or, or convincing you that he doesn't exist? So let's talk about it. Somebody say, let's talk about it. Talk about it, Apostle. Come on, talk about it. Let's say, talk about it. Amen. I'm so concerned. Listen, the first thing, and this probably applies to, quite frankly, a lot of the body of Christ, and maybe not the parts that those of you who are watching me, maybe this doesn't apply to you. It probably does not apply to you. The very aspect or fact that you're watching me would indicate that you believe in spiritual gifts. 
But I have to mention this because there's a lot of wonderful Baptist brothers and sisters out there and Lutherans and, you know, Presbyterians who are doing great works for the Lord, who are on the forefront of the social justice issue, who know the word inside and out. But many in, in, in denominational Christianity do not believe that the gifts are for today. This is called cessationist theology. And they believe that uh, there's there's no more miracles, there's no more signs, there's no more wonders, there's no more healing. It's just providence if God heals you. And I don't believe that. You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if Jesus cast out devils, right? And then he told his then he told his disciples, "Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel in my name. You will cast out devils." That is the first thing that he said. You will cast out devils. He said, "In my name, you will." cast out devils. And so if we're word people, you know, I don't see how we can ignore or say that the gifts and the anointings and the graces of the fivefold don't exist today. I have a real problem with that. Now, my daughter went to a church in another state. Uh, she moved there uh, some time ago doing missions work, and she was connected with some good denominational people, wonderful, beautiful people, had a real heart for missions, doing wonderful work. But they persecuted her because I teach on Jezebel. And they said, there's no such thing. This is heresy. There's no spiritual warfare. Your mother needs to wake up. And it actually hurt her the way she didn't go back to church for a long time after that because, you know, I mean, you know, that's hurtful as a, as a young woman to have your mother persecuted over that and not knowing how. So, you know, this church actually taught that healing wasn't for today. That So if you don't believe healing is for today, that miracles are for today, how can you even know you're saved? Because salvation is in itself a miracle, isn't it? Isn't it a miracle when God translates us out of the kingdom of darkness by faith, by grace, into the kingdom of light in an instant? We're new creatures. How is that not a miracle? And so, you know, salvation, the word sozo, actually includes deliverance, healing, prosperity, provision, all those things. It's not just that you're going to heaven. It's that you don't have to live like hell on earth. Salvation, sozo, it not only uh, keeps you out of hell, it keeps you from having to live in hell on earth. And so cessationist theology is a big one. Let me just pray in tongues. Because that's part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit that he has given to us. Cessationist theology. Now, number two, this one uh, troubles me, I'd say, just as much as the cessationist theology. It's seeker-sensitive churches. Now, I came under fire um, by some seeker-sensitive churches for saying that if you are looking for a church that will feed you donuts while you listen to me preach, don't come to my church because we're not going to feed you donuts. Now, that seemed to really offend, and I didn't mean to offend anybody. That was not my heart or my objective. I was just putting it out there. Listen, we are looking for a move of God, not a move of Krispy Kreme, okay? We are looking to reverence him. We are pressing into all that he is and all that he has for us. We want to create an environment where he feels welcome and where he will pour out his spirit in a great way and prophetic words will flow and all this. You know, what? How, how do you know when you're sitting there chomping on popcorn while I'm preaching, eh, your priorities might be a little out of order. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else shall be added to you. Matthew 6 verse 
33. And so I, I found this really great article, and I want to give credit to where credit's due because I've had so many people plagiarize my work, and I was a journalist for uh, 25 years before I went to full-time ministry. And I, I believe, listen, all you guys out there, you, you, you got to give credit where credit is due, okay, when you're sharing somebody else's revelation. Otherwise, uh, you're setting yourself up for deception. You're not walking in the light. But I found this great article from Joseph Matera, great brother in the Lord, great apostle, and uh, in ministrytoday.com, uh, which is a property of Charisma magazine, of which I used to be the editor. Love Charisma, honor Charisma. And uh, he, he gave a few points, and I'm not going to give all of them, and I'll, I'll sort of chime in on my own right as well. Uh, but uh, he, he just put it so, so clear. And he said, seeker-friendly churches want you happy, but they don't preach about holiness. See, and this is my comments, seeker-friendly churches want to tell you about 10 ways to be happier by tomorrow, six ways to be uh, more joyous by Saturday, and, and that is not, you know, that is, I, I got a one-step program for being happy. Follow Jesus, amen? The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Seeker-sensitive churches don't talk about holiness or sin because they do not want to offend people. You know, I know people in my church sometimes, we get a lot of first time visitors because they want to see the lady from Charisma with the red hair who prophesies, but they don't expect me sometimes to actually deal with some sin, like the spirit of division that was let loose in the church. And I deal with it. I'm going to deal with it because I'm a shepherd. I'm not a pastor, but I'm still a shepherd apostolically. And so I want you to live your best life. And your best life is not all about being happy. It's about being holy. Holy, holy, holy. Amen. I'll start busting out song. Watch me now. Secret sensitive churches, Joseph Matera said, he put it this way, would rather offend God than offend man. Whew, Jesus. That, I, I, I don't know what to do with that because it's true. They'd rather offend God. They would rather offend God than man by adulterating his word, by compromising his word, by sugarcoating his word. Come on. This is a tragedy. Secret sensitive churches, they want to fill seats, not make disciples. You know what? I want my church full. Who wouldn't want their church full? You want to reach as many people as you can. Uh, my church is a small expression of my global ministry, but I want people to come because I want them to be touched by the Holy Ghost. And I want them to hear a pure message. Amen. And I want them to build true community. Uh, but, you know, it's not about filling seats. You know, if there were three people there, I would preach just as hard and just as uh, fervently as I did if the house was full. And so um, we have to understand it's not about filling seats. It's not about nickels and noses. Uh, you know, when you're worried about filling seats, many times that's connected to worrying about money. And I find that demons really love secret sensitive churches. Oh, demons love to hang out in secret sensitive churches. They love it, love it, love it. They have, they, they've got a blast. They, they love it. Why? Because they're not going to be challenged. Seeker sensitive churches, if they pray at all, they pray in the back room and they're not heavy in spiritual warfare. And I don't know where you live, but down here in South Florida, it's got, there, there's some big nasty demons. And so we've got to fight. We've got to fight. Seeker sensitive churches don't want to scare anybody. You know what? I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I've got more fear of the Lord than I have of man. You know, Saul lost his kingship because he felt he feared the, the, the he feared the the voice of man more than he feared the Lord. And I'm not about to lose my anointing by bowing to man. Only person I bow to is the Father in heaven, His Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost. Now, seeker-sensitive churches they let people become members without vetting. 
because it's all about the numbers. They, they, they want to boast about the numbers. Listen, you don't just get to come and walk in my church and be a member. Why? We love you, but people want to pack it all the time. Membership packet. You, know, you got to come for a while. You got to, we're not going to, you know why? Because it's a covenant to us. It's serious. Our enemies are your enemies. Your enemies are our enemies. When we are in covenant, our membership is not a, a punch your card. Come once a month. Our membership is a covenant. And I found over the years that if you let people come in and be a member too soon, you know, they're not supposed to be there. They take 10 people on the way out with whatever, whatever offense they came in from with from the last church. So we don't do that. We vet our members. We, we make them stay there for a while, sit for a while. Okay. Um, and, and I would suggest that you do too. Secret sensitive churches, just let everybody can be a member. Oh, praise God. Even if you only come once a year, you're still a member. No, 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 no. Secret sensitive churches worship have worship that entertains instead of leads you into the presence, entertains you. We had a worship leader that was coming for a season and I knew that it wasn't going to last. I couldn't deal with it because what I found was during the worship, it became to the worship leader like a performance. And it was like, it, it wasn't ministering to the Lord. Now I love how Misty Edwards, she'll break out in the song of the Lord and minister to the Lord. One of our worship leaders, uh, David and Tyson, uh, they both, they, they'll, they'll worship to the Lord and just go on in song of the Lord. That's awesome. But this one worship leader was just, it was just almost like a rock concert. And I said to one of my staff, I don't see this working because I can't follow this. All I can do is watch and, and clap. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm cheering on a basketball team. And so seeker sensitive churches, worship is not a performance. Worship is not to entertain you. It's not supposed to be a rock concert. It's supposed to lead you into presence. And again, I tell you what, seeker, seeker sensitive, seeker friendly churches, there are demons all over the place. I think some of the pastors have demons. Oops, that wasn't gracious, was it? I'm just trying to shake you up. That's just part of my delivery style. You know, I love you. Now, the third reason, and I'm going to pray for you. Remember, leave your comments. I want to know your feedback. You know, what are you seeing as reasons? Well, I've got another 10 reasons here, and we're going to go on and do this the rest of next week um, before before we, we end the series. But uh, this is going to go far and wide as long as you share it wherever you're watching and comment as well. OK, now, number three, some reasons why churches don't don't deal with deliverance, don't teach on deliverance, don't do deliverance is because they're literally afraid of the devil. Now, this this is sad. Um, and this often comes from teaching that, you know, we don't, not understanding our authority in Christ. Now, I'll give you a hint. Kenneth Hagin, Brother Kenneth E. Hagin, Papa Hagin, has a book called The Believer's Authority. If you've not read it, you need to read it. It's good for you to read. Go read it. Please go read it because it'll help you get a firm foundation. You've got to know who you are in Christ. You've got to know who God is, and you've got to know who the enemy is. But many believers, they, they're, they're afraid of the devil. I was in a prayer meeting one time with a very powerful intercessor, very powerful. And we started to get into some heavy spiritual warfare, and the devil hit back. Pow! He just hit back. And we both got very dizzy. And I'm like, whoa, you know, I guess we 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 hit something. It hit us back, retaliation. And, um, you know, she went home that night. And that, after that, she would never come back to the house of prayer to pray for me again for years. She didn't come back for years because she was afraid of the devil. Listen, pastors, leaders, if we're afraid of the devil, what kind of uh, leadership or, or how are we modeling the way for everyday believers who have, you know, all kinds of problems with the devil? We cannot be afraid of the devil. Listen, we should not tempt him. We should not, you know, stir him up. We should not, you know, try to provoke him any more than you try to provoke anybody else. But, you know, we don't really need to because he's always roaming about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, isn't he? So we have to understand these are three reasons, and I've got many more. 
three reasons why churches don't teach on and don't do deliverance. Now, at Awakening House of Prayer, we do have a deliverance ministry. We have trained deliverance ministers. Um, you know, if you want to be trained by me, you can come once a month, or you can sign up on uh, schoolofthespirit.tv, schoolofthespirit.tv. We have deliverance ministry training, 18 lessons, uh, Q&A, four-hour sessions. And so, you know, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're, we're pressing in. I'm taking this to the body of Christ now. Um, so you can take that if there's not deliverance training in your church. We're all called to cast out devils. You can go to schoolofthespirit.tv. At Awakening House of Prayer, we're just about to launch officially deliverance rooms, like we have healing rooms, deliverance rooms, so that we can deal with some of these other issues in our region with people that their churches don't believe in deliverance. Now, here's the catch. Their pastors are going to have to sign off on it. We're going to have to speak to their pastor. And or they're going to have to be a member because we're not going to just willy nilly start casting out devils. The issue is, is that if you cast out a devil, Jesus said it goes to dry places and it searches for rest. But then when it can't find any rest, it comes back to its house. He calls that person his house and says, well, they find it. It found it found finds the house swept clean and put in order. So it comes back in and brings seven more. So this is why, although people contact us from around the world almost every day wanting deliverance, and although people come and they're from like Ohio and they'll come wanting to put in, be a member, I'll put my member packet, I'll put my member packet right now so I can get deliverance. No, it doesn't work that way. This is not a ministry for Cavaliers, Lone Rangers, Rambos, or the irresponsible. This is people's lives we are dealing with. And it doesn't have to be a scary thing if you're not ignorant of how the devil works. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv and get involved in the School of Deliverance right now. Amen. You'll get four bonuses when you do. But I want to I want to encourage you. Leave your comments. Let me know how else you've seen. Why? 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 Why don't we believe in deliverance ministry as the greater body of Christ? You know, even, even the Catholics believe in exorcism. And we've got the Holy Ghost at a different level. The Pentecost, come on, Pentecostals. I believe you all believe it. Why don't they? Let's expose this. My agenda here is not to pick on a church. I'm not trying to offend, you know, a mega church pastor. That's I'm, I'm not trying to offend anyone. Okay, I'm trying to expose that there is a great need. There's a great need. We're seeing leaders fall left and right. We're seeing uh, Christians denounce Christ left and right. When will we choose to ex to include and propagate those who can cast out devils to raise them up and send them out? I'm starting School of the Spirit TV schoolofthespirit.tv. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you that you give us wisdom and discernment. God, would you help us, Lord? Would you help us, Lord, to embrace the deliverance ministry of Christ in Jesus' name? Raise up the deliverers, God. Raise up the ones with that Moses anointing to deliver an entire people group, God, in the name of Jesus. Deliver us, God, from evil. Help us, Lord, to see in our own hearts where evil exists and get it cleaned up and cast out so that we can stand in the place of deliverance minister for your glory in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Remember, leave your comments and share this broadcast so that it goes far and wide. We need to see the deliverance ministry of Christ brought back in the church again. God bless you. Hey, guys, Jennifer LeClaire here, back with a very important school, the School of Deliverance. You know, Jesus said, cast out demons. It's one of the primary functions of the believer. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name, you'll cast out demons. But many believers, many churches know so little about it. 
you know, you can actually get in a lot of trouble if you try to cast out demons and you don't understand the dynamics of demonology. I want to teach you. I want to teach you the signs that someone is demonized. For example, another question that we'll discuss in the class is, can Christians have a demon? Well, we'll get into it. How do you cast out a demon? What are the protocols? How do we do this in a safe way? What are some of the most common demonic strongholds? And what are some of the toughest to evict? How do we do this like Christ did it? You know, Jesus cast out devils everywhere he went. We have a lot to learn through the deliverance ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his grace, his anointing that we cast out demons. We must, we must, I say we must learn how to do this the Bible way because there are many, many, many people who are going to be coming into the kingdom through this great revival that we're all anticipating. Guess what? They're going to need deliverance ministry. Deliverance ministry is so often ignored. Most churches don't teach it, but I want to teach you. I've got 18 lessons coming at you in the school of deliverance. You can learn all kinds of things. Look around. You're going to see that a lot of people need help and they don't have anywhere to receive it. You can position yourself to do the work of Christ on the earth, the work of deliverance. Check out this school. It's going to bless you. It's going to equip you. Hey, who knows? There's even teachings on self-deliverance. Maybe there's something that you hadn't considered in the realm of deliverance that will really set you free as well. Check it out. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or so into Operation Liberation, our missions arm at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.